the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into our third hour. It is a delight to do so with our good friend Sam Stone. He is a radio host in his own right. You can hear his show every Saturday here at 3 p.m., Breaking Battlegrounds, and a political uh, consultant in town, and a great uh, Twix feed, which is our portmanteau of Twitter and X, at Sam the Paul, Sam the P-O-L. Sam, how are you? Happy Thursday. Uh, happy Thursday to you, Seth. And can I start out with a complaint about Twix? This getting rid of the headlines thing is killing me. I was going to ask you, you about you it. Make, yeah, I was going to ask you. How do you make about. a good joke when you when you can't even see what you're making a joke about? I, all my punchlines have been ruined today. It's terrible. Well, that's right. Uh, is is the so for those that may not know who don't spend time on Twitter or X or what we call Twix, uh, you used to be able to put a comment around an article and you could add the article through a hyperlink like. I don't know, the Arizona Republic, Washington Post, more ideally the New York Post or some other uh, The Babylon B. Right, the Babylon B, right. Stick stick to those good quality hard news sources, Seth. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I lapse. (laughs) Sometimes I lapse. I'm sorry. But anyway, you used to be able to put in the hyperlink and it would have have the headline and you could comment on it. You can't do that now. Uh, They just allow you to, uh, I guess, put up the image without the headline and uh, you have to click the image, which can... To, I, it, yeah, I, there is the worm turning with Elon Musk a little. I'm I'm noticing a few people here and there uh, starting to say he is uh, he is not doing things for the better. Initially, he did, and things are kind of turning a little bit backwards. These decisions are part of it, but there are some other areas of control in social media he seems to be taking. But I could be wrong about that. I, I'm I'm not a guru on this stuff. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at this point, to be honest with you, Seth. And, and the reason is, is this, you know, one of the things I think you, you look at a couple of things. I mean, for one, he fired like everybody and, and the, the whole uh, leftist yeah. media sphere was like, yeah. oh, Twitter's going to die without all these people. Right. And there was literally no difference. Right. 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 So the old Twitter had this massive staff. And yet they never innovated anything. They never developed any new features. They never improved the service particularly. All they did was censor content. Right. Um, and so he's out there trying a whole bunch of new things. Okay. Are all of them going to work? No. I, you know, the question is, is he going to be the kind of leader who goes, okay, oops, I made a mistake. Let's go back or change he course. He strikes whatever. me as that kind of person, by the way. He strikes he me does. as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a great clip I saw, uh, and I'll try to pull it back up and find it for folks. They can find it on my Twix, where someone asked him, they cut two clips. It was literally like some college kid on a tour of the SpaceX campus, Mm -hmm. and he was describing a new technique that they had developed for their booster phase. And the kid just kind of offhand asked, oh, that's just for the booster, but not for the, uh, the actual rocket, the main module itself. And you see Musk pause, and I love that he does this. He's not afraid of silence. You know, he does that long pause yeah. you see him do when he's thinking things through, and he, he says, you know what? We should probably do that. We're going to look <laughs> at that. And then a year later, 
there's a photo of him touting, this has been the biggest breakthrough we've had yeah. in the ability of these rockets. So he is a guy who can learn and adapt, and I think he will. But I think this and some other things are definitely missteps. And he may reverse course on this. It's entirely possible. This may be yeah, an experiment. I, you know, I, I don't even know the rationale, maybe to not give the other media outlets their publicity for free on his platform. Maybe. I don't know. I can't tell. Uh, my guess is there is some sort of uh, retributive yeah. aspect to yeah. this because yeah. of the way they've treated him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, legitimately, these outlets are counting on Twix for a major portion of their reach you these bet. days. You bet. And yet they all ran away and wouldn't pay the, the you know, tiny monthly fee for their service. Yep. You know, you make a great so, point with relying on it for their own um, – audience or their own eyeballs you know it's so interesting when you think about some of these shows that have such low ratings particularly on cnn or msnbc probably the argument could be made that more people see what's on cnn or cnbc or msnbc by the clips that are appearing that are posted on twitter by other people um or by the guests themselves or by the critics of what is being played there CNN, I mean, it gets probably Anderson Cooper, you name it, any of them probably get more people knowing about what they're doing from seeing their clips on Twitter than from actually watching on TV. Oh, I would think that's absolutely the case. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, too, the other thing is lots of when you when you have those clips being shared, Joe Rogan has actually talked about this a bit, that one of the things he likes about being on a social media based platform is people are able to share all these clips yep, and right. then people see them who would never see his channel right. otherwise. Right. And then they tune in. You know, look, unless you're tuning into CNN, you're not going to see this. Unless you're reading the New York Times, you're right. not going to see their stuff. Right. But you might if Twix's people are out sharing it and then you might get drawn into their website. That's right. Nope. And, and I think, too, they need to consider banner billboard advertising when they're doing stuff, right? Like, I actually think that this may change the nature of advertising from those 30-second commercials to more of, like, uh, European soccer, let's just paste yeah, sure. it all over the uniform. Sure, 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 sure. No, that's right. Uh, okay, well, um, okay, it, it, it has made your, your life a little more difficult in your in your uh, in your joke making, but I, I, there was a guy. There was a seventy. Seth, come on. There was a seventy-seven year old man in the villages in Florida who got busted by the FBI yeah, today for, yeah. for, for for slinging Viagra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> illegally. Yeah. And look, I I had a really good line. I on bet that. you did. Careful. And, and, and no one, no one even knows what I'm talking about. It gets no traction. It gets terrible. no traction. All right. Um, we will somehow lumber on, Sam. Somehow we will. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll go. We, we will somehow continue. This is an interesting story at three levels. This story of the Biden administration reversing course on a border barrier. And I say three levels, Sam, because there's three different stories to it. <laughs> Joe Biden said he had no choice. He had to spend the money that was appropriated. If that's true, and I don't believe that to be true, how was he able to impound it for 2.3 quarter years, if that's true? Second, um, that's not what Mayorkas said. Mayorkas said there is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States. 
direct <laughs> quote. And then story three is Karen Jean-Pierre, White House spokesperson, press secretary, saying she hasn't heard the news. So, you know, <laughs> Sam, okay. well, throw a dog a bone. What story do we chase down here? What's the real story here? Well, the real story here is that, that we don't have a president to the United States. We have some sort of nebulous committee that apparently doesn't even talk to itself very well, but yeah. runs things. And, yeah, I mean, I think this is a symptom of that. But also, you know, look, it's a little bit early. I always used to make the joke. And, and you know, look, for folks who really like John McCain out there, I think there were lots of reasons people could do that. But I got very frustrated with him on the border because... Sure. John McCain was really big on building a border wall and securing the border for six months out of every six years. That's right. Yes. Um, and on television for two months. Yeah. Yeah. Close to yeah, November. You know, look, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, 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 every campaign yep. cycle. Yep. Build the dang he's wall. all about yeah. the border. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, and then does nothing. Right. And this has been the, the modus operandi in official Washington. I mean, if you go back... You can look at similar statements from Kirsten Cinema. You sure. can go back. Gabby Giffords was a master at this. Um, you know, a lot of these politicians do this. This is coming very early because the crisis is so acute. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, for anyone to believe that Democrats are suddenly going to get serious, that official Washington is suddenly going to get serious about securing the border, there's no evidence over 30-plus years of the crisis that they have any intention of doing so. I worry about a couple of things. I worry about some of this uh, barrier construction and erection solving uh, a little bit or moving a little bit of the problem out of the regions that they're doing it in so that, like Joe Biden, can jack up inflation and then bring it down to a point below which he jacked it up to. We'll, we'll, we'll try and claim credit. But I think it's, he's going to even have a hard time doing that because there is so much a part of his base and his party's record that is so opposed to these things. I mean, you have headlines like uh, border wall is a monument to white supremacy. Border wall caused significant cultural damage, cultural damage, a culture of racism uh, exists surrounding every brick of the border wall, even though it's not made of bricks. Uh, Trump's border wall was never just about security. It was about racism. This is the talking point that Joe Biden is. Oh, I have to take a quick break. Can you respond on the other side of this break on those points, Sam? You bet. All right. Sam Stone, my guest. Follow him at Sam the Paul P.O.L. on Twix. Or uh, check out his show, Breaking Battlegrounds. Great show uh, he and Chuck do every Saturday at 3 p.m. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Sam Stone is my guest, political consultant, radio host here in town. He joins us most every Thursday on our drives home. On your drives home, uh, he and I are situated, I think. I think you're sitting. Are you sitting down, Sam? I hope you're sitting down. I, I am. Or standing up, just not driving. Um that was George Harrison solo, and David Dahl, who you know, my producer, was telling me that uh, the Beatles are going to record one more album using AI with the permission, I guess, of the Harrison and Lennon estates, and Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney have signed on to do this. Had you heard this? This is news to me. He was just telling me about this the other day. Well, I'm glad I'm sitting down. Um <laughs> I'm not a fan of that idea at all. Wow. I hadn't heard about that in... Honestly, that's that's kind of making me upset a little bit. Give it to me. Lay it out. Lay it it out for me. Well, look, I I think there are plenty of things that AI and digital machine learning can be valuable for. But when you're substituting them for the creative process and putting the name 
you know, your, your famous name to the works of a computer, that's fraud. The, um, it, yeah, it's going to create a problem. I'm wondering what some of this AI stuff, I'm trying to think in our points, there were dramatic inflection points, dramatic changes. Uh, probably the man on the moon, probably what, uh, touchtone telephone, probably pagers the, and cell phones, the internet. The first Macintosh. The, the first the, you know, Macintosh. portable computing. At, yes, 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 yes. The home computer, the personal computer, obviously cell phones, then smartphones, um, the internet. I wonder if this AI thing that we're kind of going through right now, because you could spend all day long figuring out or trying to figure out what they're developing with it. I wonder if this is massively changing the world before our eyes in ways that none of that even did. Absolutely, it is. And the change is going to be even more dramatic, I believe, than people think. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a student of history, and obviously we don't know much about what we now call like proto-history, right, before modern humans. Yeah. Um, but you, you had a period of thousands of years where the big inventions were like the wheel and right. fire. Right, 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 right. right. Um, and then in a space of a few hundred years. Yeah, everything. Yeah. We have gone from learning how to rub sticks together yeah. to start a fire yeah. to – uh, artificial intelligence, creating right. artificial life forms, right. and this right. is a this is a mind-boggling change. And if you look at the big shifts from a purely agrarian hunter-gatherer size societies uh, to industrialized societies to what I call in nine in the 1990s the computer technology uh, revolution, and now you know we're we're heading into another revolution in human development and in technological development. And this one actually is, I, I think, electricity was the the most profound. The personal computer was the second. Okay. This one may end up um, leapfrogging all eating. of that. This may put yeah. this into yeah. No, if if you think about the possibilities, the potentialities. Not only in lives, uh, not only with what government can do, what other, what industry can do, what individuals can do. Pretty soon, you know, people are going to get phone calls from Sam Stone that you never recorded. You know that, right? They're going to be put. Oh, in, yeah, all of that. I think that's happened with Donald Trump already, politics. right? Yeah, it, it is happening yeah. already. We know that these the AI based deep fakes right. are going to be an issue in right. this campaign. You're going to see that. Um, I think they're going to be an issue in a lot of ways, but I would even go beyond that and just say, you know. Look at some of these sort of dystopian movies, right? right? Um, but but that future might well be upon us. I mean, oh, I think the it is. Where, yeah, where people exist primarily in a digital space, maybe nearing to upon us. No, it's it's it, and it's frightening, and it's it's. It's frightening, and yet you step back and look at the advance of technology and how it's come, and it brings up something. I don't know if I've raised this with you before. I think about it all the time, Sam. Uh, the amount of technology that has has bettered our lives uh, in, in certain respects, that we now have more intelligence available, more wisdom available – that's the key word – to us in the palms of our hands – than the entire uh, history before two years ago had access to. Uh, you know, the libraries at Al the Library of Alexandria had nothing uh, as to what you can do in a minute with some uh, device uh, the size of a package of cigarettes in your hands, right? We have access to that. We have tremendous technology. And yet here in America, here in America, with all this development 
we're seeing um, longevity go down, right? We're seeing yep. education scores go down. We're seeing chronic homelessness and mental illness go up. We're seeing drug use go up. It's a weird two lines crossing, isn't it? It's it's almost the things I have just described, the latter part, the deficits are unheard of. Declining longevity? Unheard of in advanced developed countries. Unheard of. And yet we're going through it year after year after year, four years in a row now, I believe, if not four, three, certainly. It's a weird place. We have advanced technologically way beyond our ability to morally absorb what 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 needs to be absorbed as a country or society, I think. I, I think that's a really good way to put it. I do think we have advanced uh, too far and too fast in that regard, and we haven't taken the time to slow down and consider the morality of the things that are happening. Um, and, and I would add something else is that there, there's an element in all of it. Well, look at not just morality going down, right? But you touched on education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for the first time in human history, known history, a hu- the average human IQ is dropping. Right. right, right, right. Like this is a really odd thing at a time when we're we're touching the boundaries of a technological evolution of a complexity that prior human generations could never have even comprehended. Mm -hmm. And yet the average person in our society is less able to understand those technologies and the changes that are coming at them and and the opportunities and deficits that that may create. They're less capable of understanding it than prior generations. I mean, I laugh all the time when you have kids these days who are like, oh, you don't know anything. I'm like, yeah, well, when I went to school, our schools were the best in the world. So, (laughs) you know, um, that's right. No, that's absolutely right. Go ahead. But at the same time, I I think this is a there's a lot of conversations around AI that we are not having in the public sphere that some people are having. Uh, in, to some degree or another, but they're not being held in the way they need to be. And we're not really talking about what this future might look like. I mean, some people touch on some edges of it. Well, there's going to be less and less demand for low-skilled labor. I think that's true. But nobody is really looking at what the ramifications of other than, you know, you have some Democrats trying to use that as an excuse for universal basic income or that kind of thing. And then on the other side of the aisle, you have people saying, well, we'll just get everyone trained as computer technicians. Well, guess what? Not everyone can be a computer technician and universal basic income is not a great idea. Right. So why aren't we having a much more nuanced discussion about these things? Uh, Let's pick up on that when we come right back. Let me take a quick commercial break. Sam Stone is my guest, host of Breaking Battlegrounds, heard here uh, Chuck Warren every 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoons. It's a great show and uh, also political consultant in town. Follow him on Twix at Sam the Paul. If you don't know what Twix is, it's our word for Twitter. So we can stop the nonsense of X, formerly known as Twitter. Just put it together. Call it Twix. Be done with it. Make it as simple as possible, Einstein said, just not simpler. I think Sam and I did that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Sam Stone is my guest uh, and uh, just a mind alive. I love talking to him uh, on Thursdays. I love talking to him every day. Uh, Sam, you were making a great point. We may be living better than ever before, but it's hard to say we're living well. Uh, Suicides at an all-time high. We went through the litany in the last break. And you made this interesting point about the conversations we should be having around it. They're really tough to have. Um, they're tough to have because a lot of people 
want to censor and uh, shut you down. For example, if we're going to have a, a conversation about uh, obesity, you better be prepared for a huge back. And yet we know this is a tremendous issue in our society. Uh, suicides, uh, you have to have trigger warnings all over these things, which might be even more um, uh, ideation causing than the conversation itself. In other words, there's this, there's this reticence to even have honest conversations in this country. And there's a suppression of it that I feel from time to time, not on your show, not on this show. But I think we're outliers. Uh, we are, Seth, and I, I don't mean that to pat myself on the back that much. I mean, you know, one of the interesting things is that uh, screaming par- hyperpartisanship draws a far larger audience than than carefully considered dialogue these okay. days, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, we know this. It's on both sides. I'm not accusing one side or the other there. Um, but more more importantly, there is a hugely reductive element, and I think you hit on it, that it seems like people don't want us to have these discussions. And I think part of that is this sort of idea of elitism that's taken over, um, you know, whether you want to call it uniparty, official Washington, the the elite class, the Ivy League class, whatever, um, that, well, they'll just make the decisions for everybody else. and, And if everyone else can just shut up, sit down, you know, watch their TV and go along with it, then everything will be okay. Um, I don't think I, I think there is a desperate sense of malaise mm-hmm. in the country and the world. I think there is, and it's not just here. I mean, really talking to people around the world, it may, may be more focused here and, and more prevalent in people's lives at this point. Mm-hmm. We tend to most of the most of the world on everything. Yeah. Um, but but there is a des, de, definite sense that there is a huge disconnect by between the direction of societies and the interests of the people who make up those societies. And I don't see it getting better right now. In fact, I see it going the other direction where it's like, well, we we can't trust these people to make decisions for themselves. We're just going to have to implement 15-minute cities and ban travel for them, right? Um, We can't get them to cut down their carbon footprint. We're going to ban meat and make them eat bugs. Right. There's a paternalistic element to all of this. That very much worries me because you look at uh, we're using AI in the public sphere in very limited ways here, right. but that is not true in China. Oh where they no! Are using oh, it correct. Oh, you're right. Very aggressively in the public sphere. Oh, you're quite right. right. Yes. And yes. the the likelihood that that is going to be brought down on our heads also to me is almost one hundred percent unless we have those conversations we were talking about. Yeah. And so if you're the people who would like to bring down those systems, the last thing you want is for conversations that might short-circuit them to be allowed. Yeah, that's right. And by the way, conversations about things where there is a one and a zero, there is a absolute right and wrong. These are not moral conversations. These are factual conversations. Let's mm-hmm. take a piece, for example. I'm going to take a break in a moment, so maybe we'll pick up on it. But let's take a piece you reposted on Twix uh, from um, – John Gabriel, a mutual friend of both of ours, I think. As they roll out another vaccine, the CDC wonders why Americans don't trust them. Before trust is restored, they need to admit and apologize for everything they got wrong. And then he has a piece in Discourse magazine that's very good on this. There was a one and a zero on what was working and what wasn't. And we knew pretty early on, but you couldn't say it. Um, Do you know my story with YouTube? It's fascinating. Do you know how heavy handed it was? 
So, no. uh, okay, I'll take us into the break on it, and you can respond any way you want when we come back. Uh, we were putting on uh, a lot of, you know, we were putting out a lot of questions over the COVID mandates with the best science we could find, and I think we were born out to be right. And we were putting out this stuff on my monologues on YouTube, and YouTube shut us down. And it took my general manager a long time to get in touch with someone on YouTube to find out why they wouldn't let us put this stuff on YouTube anymore. And they said the only COVID information you can put out has to come from the federal government. So I did the best social science experiment I could. I got uh, the deputy director of health and human services, Eileen McCants-Gantz, who was on our side, Ph.D., in immunology, MD, MD, excuse me, MD in psychiatry, PhD in epidemiology. Senate confirmed, number two at HHS. I didn't say a word. I just had her on to talk. They banned it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, Sam Stone is my guest. That's the great bass line played from that uh, great Carol Kay from The Wrecking Crew, I'm pretty sure, for the association there. <clears throat> Sam, <clears throat> the level of trust in government, the level of trust in many of our institutions is at such a low point, it's going to be hard to really accomplish very much. I mean, we've shouted fire so many times, uh, or we've cried wolf would be the better way to put it, so many times that there's going to be a wolf and we're not going to be prepared because the government has turned so many things um, of, of that should have been trustworthy into distrust. It, let's not limit it to government. Let's give it to the medical profession. Let's give it to the National Education Association. Let's give it to a lot of associations and institutions that have been lying to us so that we now live in lies, and many people would rather live in lies, and they can't get anything done that they need to anymore. It's the rather live in lies that worries me the most. Yeah, me too. You know, the, the, what you told, what you said about uh, YouTube's reaction yep, right. to, during COVID right. uh, to what you put up, which yep. there is no justifiable reason to censor that type of information. Right. Even if you think the person is totally wrong, even if they turn out to be totally wrong, right. this is a person speaking based on their knowledge and opinion from a perspective of high level expertise right. that qualifies them to contribute in the public sphere in any way they like. And so... They're banned. That actually didn't surprise me as much as the fact, and this was the most worrisome thing, and it's really changed my outlook and in, in sort of disturbing ways since COVID. My issue with COVID was not what the government tried to do. It was what the people failed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that there was, you know, people just went along with it yeah. even long after. I could understand that, that I'll give you from March – September of 2020. Okay, that's generous, but okay. I'll take, yeah, sure. sure. I, I think I'm being overly generous. Yeah, no, but, really but yes, fair enough. It's fair. Go ahead. But, but I'll give you up to September. And if you were saying, you know, oh my God, you know, COVID's the end of the world. We all have to, you know, go yep. crazy. Uh, okay, fine. I, I, I can look back at points when there was plenty of information available in there that disagreed with that narrative, but it wasn't entirely debunked. But after September, their narrative across the board was entirely debunked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally everything they said was a lie. It was wrong. It wasn't just that they were wrong in making mistakes. It was that they were deliberately ignoring all the evidence Correct. that stacked up against their intention. Correct. And while none of the evidence proved out their intentions, they were content to pretend that it did. Right. 
and the public went along with it, yep. and that scared the ever-loving daylights Not out. Not only did they go along with it, they went along with it with ferociousness, with the ferocity. They went along yeah. with it to the point of wanting to punish those who wouldn't go along with it. Yeah, what was it, like 70% of Democrats and even 30% of Republicans thought that it was right to uh, jail, I mean, right. to put people in, like, concentration right. and camps. I remember people were talking about triaging ED admissions to the hospitals whether I yeah. mean, in the following year once there was a vaccine. If you weren't vaccinated, yep. maybe you should. Yeah, no, all of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that's a really, really terrifying thing. And mm-hmm. the, the fact that the public continues to, to kind of go along with they it. They wanted to live in the lie. They wanted yeah. to live in the lie. Well, and and it taught all the wrong lessons to the people who were pulling those levers. Right. It taught them that if they just spread enough fear, that they could uh, achieve everything they want to achieve, and the rational response of the public would not exist. And and look at the interview that um, uh, the undercover uh, guy who just had – I'm sorry, I just blanked on his name – The very famous, uh, does uh, o- all the undercover bits on our side. O'Keefe. O'Keefe. Yeah, yeah, thank right. you. Yeah. The, the great thing he did with the one interview where one of his interviewers got one of the Pfizer people who were saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, right. you know, right. oh, yeah, don't worry. As soon as this panic dies down, we're going to switch. Or CNN person saying, as soon as this panic dies down, we're going to switch to creating a huge amount of fear around the environment. Yeah. And look what they've done. Yeah. Since the COVID panic died, you cannot read a mainstream media uh, newspaper. You can't watch one of their shows without multiple mentions of catastrophic climate change going to kill us all. Right. No, you're a climate denier as you were a COVID denier. By the way, no one denied COVID and no one denies climate, but they can attach these words to things. I guess like they can throw around the word white supremacy, too. Uh, and and attach that to a wall or to a black man like our mutual friend Larry Elder. Not only not only is the truth not going to have any meaning anymore. Words are not going to have any meaning anymore. Well, every time a word has a meaning they don't like, they change the word. Right, 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 right. I mean, so no. I mean, they, this what we're dealing with is is people who believe in the power of official propaganda to control the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and AI is the ultimate weapon for someone who has that mindset. And that's what worries me about this transition we're heading into right now. We may be in, unless people really wake up, we may be in for a very, very dark, long period in human history. Yeah, no, I think so, because we are normalizing the abnormal, including delusion, whether it is about false facts that you get from, you know, Take Anthony Fauci. He's contradicting himself several times over in one year, and people will still go with whatever he says. You know, it, 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 it's oh, an yeah. odd, odd thing. Um, think about the male-female and the transgender debate. We are normalizing delusion, which is supposed to be an unhealthy state of mind. We're making normal again or trying to make normal. Um, you see it throughout all parts of society now. Uh, it's no reason. It's no wonder there's an additional mental health crisis, because in a macabre way, it's really as if the inmates have taken over the asylum, like some Edgar Allan Poe story, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, there was an interesting piece today. I believe it was the New York Times, right? But it was talking about the drop in mortality in the United States, okay. and it pointed its fingers. Literally, its point was. 
oh, this is about politics. This is Republicans dying. So I guess we don't really need to worry about it yeah. because they're not COVID vaxxed, so they're all dying. Yeah. Look, the drop in mortality is very specific to a couple of things that are going on in our society, which has to do with drug and alcohol yeah. abuse yeah. Um, and, and mental illness. Yeah. That's what's creating it. It is suicide and you know, and, and overdoses and people who are uh, getting themselves killed of, of crimes of despair. Right, right. And, and that's the cause. We, we don't need to speculate on what the cause of it is. You don't need to do that. But, yes, they're going to point to this thing, which we know the source, we know the cause, and they're going to say it's this other thing over here. Why? Because that fits the narrative. I can tell you right now, They'll push that, and if they do, which probably they will, 60-plus percent of the country will come to believe that that's the truth. You bet. You bet. It's a frightening thing. It's a frightening thing for a country that was founded on notions of truth that we have people, possibly a majority or close to, or maybe a a majority, a supermajority that would rather live in a lie. Well, Sam, I love talking to you and exposing it all. I really appreciate your time on Thursdays. Thank you, sir. Always fun, Seth. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi, great uh, organization here based in the community. You can visit them. They're on Scottsdale Road in the 101. They offer an investment in a portfolio with a 10.25% up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. It's a portfolio where you can know you will know what every monthly statement will look like there will be no surprises you can turn your monthly income on or off compound it whatever you like uh, no penalty if you need your money back at any time it's a secure collateralized portfolio with no fees why refi is a due diligence approved firm as i say you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return feel free to just drop by if you want on Scottsdale Road in the 101 they love talking about what they do. Or check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. Yeah, with all the advances that we have made technologically and every other sense, communications, you name it, our ability to learn and acquire wisdom, it's something close to a sin that uh, we are losing longevity. And as Sam was saying in the previous segment, uh, youth mortality is on the rise. Um, there are things the government should be doing about it. They're not. They're making it worse. Um, maybe this is as good as time as any to mention the organization that you hear advertised here on this uh, station from time to time that I and a few others started uh, go to uh, the stop starts here.org. We're doing prevention messaging for drugs. We think that we can turn it around uh, with enough uh, messaging in social media, which is what we're dedicated to prevention messaging, just as prevention messaging worked before when we lowered drug use in this country in the 80s and 90s. We stopped doing it, so our organization is, just as we've done prevention successfully with everything from forest fires to drunk driving to cigarette smoking to littering to seatbelt wearing, you name it. It works every time it's tried, but the government won't do it with drugs, so we are. They're encouraging drug use. 
with their advertising and their messaging. We're trying to discourage it. We think we've lost enough lives due to drug overdose, what we call drug poisonings. If you want to help us, we'd love your help. Uh, check us out at thestopstartshere.org, and uh, anything you can give will help uh, saturate our message more where it needs to be. Parents, young people. We also have a great prevention handbook for parents. Parents want to know how to how to how how how, how they can help raise a drug free free kid. We have a great easy downloadable parents prevention playbook, all for free. But help us out because all of this does cost us money. Stop startshere.org the stop startshere.org all right well that's our effort um we're trying to roll up our sleeves and do something about it and we encourage you all to find an issue if that's not your issue and try and do something about it too it's the kind of society we should have always been and should be until tomorrow david Dahl, thank you god bless you all i'm seth leibson class dismissed three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com